Uh, all right, so you set up to ready to record on your side? Uh, yes, I will start. Well, before you do, drop uh-huh. the level back significantly because it's still too loud and I'm picking up breath. And when you talk into your mic, whenever you do like, they call them plosives, like P's and hard consonants and stuff like that, it pops really bad. So we got to try and do something to stop that from happening. I- I've turned that down then. Okay. Significantly. Just the recording and... aspect of it because I still need to yeah. be able to hear you, obviously. And I am recording. Okay, good. Now I'll do the three two one clap for me three two one awesome let's see what else do i have grievances that i need to air around the festivus poll with you for <laughs> jesus <laughs> no i'm just fucking around at this point i, I don't even fucking know. i i got problems you made me watch this fucking movie yeah okay strip to kill was so fucking bad it was so terrible for you to watch women performing halfway nude well i mean but the acting was st- you I mean, don't watch Strip to Kill for the acting. Your argument <laughs> is invalid. <laughs> what if I, what if I, what if I, what are, what are the classics? <laughs> That's not what this show is. This show does not handle that kind of stuff. That's not what we do here, Matt. And you well, know that. Fine. <laughs> We're in the business of trash. We're just fucking trash. For 244 goddamn weeks of it, you better believe it. <laughs> Alright, here we fucking go. The following show will destroy your self-worth with excessive expletives, overtly descriptive sexual deviance, and more desperation for external validation than any so-called entertainment should ever be allowed. Two talentless losers who are about as insightful and provocative as a comatose jellyfish. Cinema Psyops. A tendency to deprave and corrupt those whose minds are open to such immoral influences and to whose hands a publication of this sort may fall. So if someone of a dirty bird gets hold of your stuff and it makes them a dirtier bird, then it's labeled obscene. Encouraging the lowest, most base, and animalistic of desires to all who will listen. Because we, as a society, have decided that cinema psyops represents our base and vulgar impulses, and that acknowledging our use of it rattles our collective conscience. I was trying my best to make a positive impact in the lives of others, but secretly I was involved in a relationship that was taking over my life. Cinema Psyops. It was leaving me wounded and depressed, unable to even manage the relationships that mattered to me. Auditory vermin infesting every aspect of the human condition, spreading their filth and foul disease. The Black Plague Podcasting. Cinema Psyops with Court and Matt. Welcome to the 244th episode of Cinema PsyOps. Once again, we're stuck in quarantine. We're stuck in self-isolation. We're sticking things where things don't belong because we're fucking bored. My name is Court, sitting all the way in the bunker, coming to me live via a microphone that pops every time he says a P word is Matt. 
positively awesome. What's going on? <laughs> I tried editing those down and editing those down, and it just doesn't fucking work. Like, I just can't do anything about it. Like, I, I can't make that stop. I try to stay away from popping sounding noises there. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I try to get you to talk over top of it and all of that kind of stuff, but I mean, I already have grievances that I've aired around the Festivus poll. And then your grievances that we covered Strip to Kill this week, you have a huge yeah. problem with watching women dancing mostly nude. Well, it doesn't seem like they actually want to be there. Though. Doesn't seem like they actually want to what? Be there. <laughs> what? You think that Kay Lance was having an issue with performing topless on screen in this film? I still don't know how they got uh, Mr. Roper involved, but... Uh, he got to touch the girls? Oh, God. I mean, oh, don't say that about Mr. Roper. Come on, man. Be cool. Dude, Mr. Roper was greasing all over the chick that did the dance on the bike and around the bike and everything. Mr. Roper seems awfully greasy in this movie. He is very greasy in this movie. <laughs> but I never called him by any other name. I never learned his name. I just called him Mr. Roper the whole time. I just assumed that Mr. Roper finally offed Mrs. Roper and then yeah. just opened up a strip club with the life insurance money. Like, that's how I figured Strip to Kill came to be. That's Probably not far off. <laughs> uh, the world is fucking falling apart, and we're having quiddled debates over a Roger Corman film based on showing you as many tits as possible. Yeah, we are in a lot of trouble. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand why you have an issue with this movie. I had a lot of fun, and when I went back to grab the music out of the film, everybody be cool about that. Be cool, man, because that music was fucking hilarious. Well, I was like, you know what? During these scenes where they're doing their little dances, there's like no real sounds, you know, so much. So there's like almost entirety of like the whole song right there while they're doing the dance and the performance. Spoiler alert, the music sucks without the performance. I mean, it's like the music is telling a story. Right. I mean, they really tried with this movie. There's a lot of stuff where you can see where someone had the burning desire to actually tell a story. And like, <laughs> then you can obviously see where Roger Corman's liver spotted hand went all around that script and went, and then she rolls around naked over everything. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> someone had a burning desire to make a film and it didn't go well. And during the making of the film, several people caught burning desires. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, fuck that's it. As, that's as best as that can go right there. Ah, oh, fuck it, fuck it, fuck it. So we have a little bit of an update. We actually physically saw each other yeah. over the weekend. Um, First time in a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, you're as ugly as I remember you. Yeah, and you're as disturbing as I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I came outside in uh, one of my big flowy shirts that I haven't really fit into since I lost all that weight, and the wind was just kind of taking the shirt back and forth, and I'm like, oh man, I'm going to set sail. <laughs> <laughs> come sail away, come sail away. You'll stop that right now. <laughs> I've already promised that I'm going to make you look like an ex-wife of Lorenzo Lamas the next time I see you, and I don't have to worry about social distancing, because that's the thing I wanted to talk about here, right? We right. stayed no less than nine feet apart at all times when we were kind of conversing because you and your wife wanted to drop something off at the house yes and that was for my wife yes so i've noticed there's like this thing that people are doing and it's not just like our wives and their little circle of friends but people are starting to leave like not necessarily just care packages but like little presents and things like that as almost an excuse to get out and go do things so they're dropping stuff at everybody's door and then sort of socially interacting but keeping that somewhat of a distance and I would say if you're keeping it like nine feet or more, you're probably okay. And with yeah. you, you could have probably been talking to me from inside of the car and I still could have heard you. No, that's true. <laughs> 
<laughs> I have a, I have a voice that travels apparently. Yeah, no, you you totally do. As a matter of fact, you don't even have a mic plugged in. Your voice is coming across the city of Omaha and landing right into the microphone you normally talk into. My voice is penetrating the Rona and it's getting to your place. <laughs> oh, I hope the Rona comes nowhere near my place, but <laughs> Uh, you know, I guess we have to talk about it. I mean, it's big world news. Everybody's suffering from this. So our state seems to be like, I mean, because it's not so densely populated, although it's populated with several dense people, we're doing pretty okay. Our numbers are significantly lower than everybody else. Although I'm suspecting it may be because we have a Republican governor who's refusing to allow people to have tests as much as possible to make it seem uh, better. The lack of testing, I think, is helping our numbers. But I will say this about a Republican governor, and I don't say much about him because I really don't like him. But we've had a couple really gung-ho, Trumpy senators who have wanted to reopen up the state to business. And he is he's fighting them on it, saying that we just can't right now. That, you know, and he's citing like towns in Nebraska that are getting infected now. And he's like, we just we can't. It will overload the system. So we're not opening it up for business. So I was quite impressed by that. I mean, he's a Republican, but also there's no way to really get on a ballot in Nebraska without being red. I mean, if you try to be blue in Nebraska, you might as well just say, yeah, vote for my opponent. Because yeah, because everything else you say is pretty much like pro-abortion to everybody, regardless of what you're saying. I mean, this is the town where you drive too far out west and you run into 75 different billboards and farmers fucking lawns talking about how abortion is evil and like atheists try to eat your babies yeah yeah exactly and i'm not over exaggerating that shit exists that shit does exist and i do really do not like our governor anyway but i will give him props on that at least one mark but uh i also i'm not going to give him credit on oh our numbers are so low i really think our numbers are low because you have to be on death's door just to get a test well i know of someone who is a mutual friend of ours ex-wife who has all sorts of health issues and was experiencing essentially every single symptom that you should be getting to get a test it took her forever she chronicled all the stuff that she had to get and then she ended up testing negative so they had to treat her for a bunch of other things but like basically what she is suffering from health wise is still pretty much the same stuff that they're talking about i do believe like honestly that even though our state is not densely populated we will still probably have a pretty bad spread that's going to end up popping up here in the next couple of weeks because as i mentioned earlier we're populated with very dense people and i'm not talking about mass i'm talking about brain power well, I mean, we just had to shut our parks down because nobody would take the hint that everyone was partying in the parks together. Right. And the churches. La- yeah. I knew we were in trouble on last weekend when I went to the gas station to grab something and uh, the person's like, oh, I've been busy. And I'm like, really? And they go, yeah, I'm selling ice like crazy. Like ba- huge bags of ice. And then there's a guy right behind me with two huge cases of Coors Light. And I'm like, people are going to parks and partying. They're having parties still fucking idiots (laughs) well this disease is going to be the great equalizer it's going to be the only people that are going to be left are the ultra paranoid or the ultra intelligent who heeded the warnings you know and just you don't have to be ultra intelligent to heed warnings just the fucking average intelligence who went oh yeah i should probably just stay inside I'm sorry, Matt, but it appears that in this country, you have to be ultra intelligent to obey the guidelines of the CDC, because otherwise it's all a liberal hoax. That's, oh, fucking, I hate people. The moderately intelligent that aren't taking this serious are more than likely the folks that have watched our idiotic 
person who is the resident of the White House currently, who is no way, shape, or form ever going to be a leader or a president, telling people all sorts of different conflicting ideas, and they all just hear, oh, we're going to open the country up by Easter. Easter weekend rolls around, everybody that just heard that soundbite decides to go party in the park. That's just, oh, I, I fucking, I hate. I hate individuals. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, as as far as humanity goes, we kind of ask for it. I don't believe that this fucking virus is necessarily like a wrath of God kind of thing, but the Earth does have its way of self-correcting whenever problems happen. And uh, in this case, we're the sickness that it's cleansing. Well, we've always been a sickness. Right. We're a parasite. They, they've done we a really clean- are. We're a parasite on our yeah, planet. The Earth has done a cleanse like this for many, many moons. <laughs> And now it's our time. But we're not going to talk about all that downtrodden, sad stuff. Let's talk about ladies dancing naked and getting close to people for money. And being forced to do it. No one was forced to do it. Well, Kay Lance's character, but that's because she's an undercover cop. But we'll get there. God damn it. Why do you have to bring morality to a film about women dancing naked, Matt? Why you got to ruin it for everybody? They want the titillation. I, I, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, everyone wants to be there, and they're all having a great time, and they're all actually into you. Is that what you want me to say? Right, and they're just there to pay their student loans, slash they're a single mom, and this is how they're supporting their children. Don't do the single mom bit, because I, that makes it seem like they still don't want to be there. But at least the student loan part, that's, you know, you're just supporting the arts at this point. <laughs> Yeah, that's how I want to look at it. So we're going to support some further folks that may be in dire need with the Legion GoFundMe promo we're about to play. We'll have a little bit of music that I yanked right out of the film like it's my dick. But everyone still has to be cool. Yeah, even though they feel really uncomfortable about the way I just said that. Well, I mean, why do you have to whip it out like that? Because we're talking about strippers. Yeah, but you're not supposed to do that. (laughs) I mean, the kind of clubs I frequent, you can. Only Jesus Christ. No, you don't. <laughs> not, not anymore. I'm clubs, a married man. The clubs you frequent, like you leave the house, <laughs> even before all this started. <laughs> we'll have a little bit of music straight out of the film, and when we come back, we will have the trailer for Strip to Kill. This is Bo from LegionPodcasts.com. Hey, it's been a crazy time, and when the world gets nuts, we're happy to offer some old-fashioned podcast entertainment. But for some folks, getting a laugh out of a show isn't really helping these days. People who depend on tips in their bartending jobs or have been put on furlough with no pay till the worst of this coronavirus threat has passed. That's a tough spot. That's why we set up a GoFundMe for members of our community, a sort of grand scale take a penny, leave a penny. For people like myself, for whom the recent disruptions haven't kicked us out of work, well, we can drop a few of those extra pennies in the GoFundMe jar. For those who are directly affected by recent events, and find themselves looking for money to pay the electric bill or keep the water on, well, how about you give me a shout at bo, B-O, at legionpodcasts.com. Let me know the situation and what you need, and we'll do our best to make life a little easier. And you can find links to the GoFundMe on the front page of legionpodcasts.com, on our Facebook group page, or on Twitter, at legionpodcasts, where it's the pinned tweet. For those of you who are able, thanks in advance for chipping in. And members of our community who need a hand, hey, here we are. Remember, stay safe, stay healthy, and we're all going to get through this together. Legion isn't just a name, it's who we are. Thanks for listening to all the shows here on Legion Podcasts, and we'll talk to you soon.
fucking handsome with a big winning smile. No mean and damn downtown. Cause if you got no cash, you ain't nothing but trash. Money make the world go round. Can't pay the rent without those presidents. Hamilton Jackson. I don't know how to react to that song other than to just laugh (laughs) wow i just what was that um that was from the scene that we will be talking about whenever the uh pilled up stripper falls i really really dug the song when she's doing the routine but when you listen to it without the routine not so good no it's 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 fucking poor at best (laughs) (laughs) yeah but it's nowhere near as poor as this trailer Stripped to kill. Good lord, who do you have to blow to get an air conditioner around here? I think Killer just peed on my bra. You go on next. I don't have anything to wear. Perfect. A maniac is killing strippers. Great, a stripper. How are they going to keep this quiet? Detective Sheehan has the only weapon that can stop him. Her body. And it's more than just going out there and turning them on. It's like something's cutting loose. You are a cop. Stripped to kill. One woman's fantasy becomes every woman's nightmare. Okay, so that was like a minute and 52 or so second trailer. That, Did you have to edit that at all? Oh, yeah. I cut that way the fuck down. I took out all of the musical montage stuff where they actually show some of the dancing that Kay Lance does and some of the other ladies that were in the film. And uh, I just basically cut it down to the dialogue rare bits and then them saying, you know, stripped to kill. But that whole trailer, it's like a minute 52 highlight reel of all the boobs that's in the film like you would get from a Roger Corman flick. Nice. Well, let's start it out then. Strip to kill. So, uh, we have a uh, strip. Uh, a, a strip is happening right off the bat in a empty club. Uh, and I noted down oddly specific song. Sounds like this is going to be something that's going to happen for the rest of the movie. I grabbed that song too. The very first one that opens up. Yeah. yeah. Well, it seems like this is like they're testing. They added another uh, poll. And they're timing the dances. And uh, the Mr. Roper is, of course, the boss, and he's checking on things. And he said, uh, your contract states you have to have at least 30 seconds of boobs out so that she takes off her top for a little bit. What I got from this was she was basically making a deal with him to where if they got a second stripper pole, they could do more routines. And that um, she would be able to, like, she now has to start doing 30 seconds with her top off or whatever while she's doing the routine to get that second pole. That's what I thought that they were saying. That, that could be as well. Um, anyway, there's another lady sitting with Mr. Roper and, uh, her and the dancer lady sort of, I fuck one another. Um, and it looks like she was working with her to get this second poll put in because she said that was so good or something like that. She mouthed the words like you were so great while Mr. Roper's talking to the worst fucking strip club DJ I've ever heard. Yeah, no, that guy really sucked ass. I've never been to a strip club in my life, Matt, and I could do a better voice than that. Yeah, me neither, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not lying. I'm not in denial. I'm not trying to cover up for any nefarious activities that I have or have not. Me neither, man. I hear you. Good clean living for Court and I. So everybody be cool. Everybody just be real fucking cool. Just take our word for it. This guy's got the worst strip club fucking lingo and voice we've ever heard. If I had to imagine, I can't imagine any strip club would actually be open 
if they had a DJ like this. So I could, but I've never been in one before, so I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to just stop right here before I incriminate myself any worse and demand an NDA from our entire audience. Right. Everybody anyway, be cool uh, and sign on the dotted line. Yeah, right. Uh, then we cut to this kid who's, I think, smoking a joint, and he can hear his name be yelled. Uh, he comes out. There's, like, this creepy neighbor who wants him to come watch Bruce Lee movies. And then he just walks on, um, and we see Dancer Lady and the other lady. They're starting to get down. Um, and Thank you, they're... movie. This was very erotic. There's boobs out. They're rolling all over each other and kind of rubbing up on each other and a kissing and a groping, and uh, I'm really digging it. Yeah, they're doing all the stuff. All the things that two ladies do, minus the thing that Matt likes to pretend like they actually do. They, it's scissoring. It happens. It's a real thing. But it didn't it's happen. It's a real here. thing. But it didn't oh. happen here. Yeah, it didn't happen here. But it's a real thing. Uh, so not a thing. Fuck you. <laughs> sorry. But in Matt's I'm head, sorry. It's a thing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Uh, <laughs> it's a porn anyway, thing. I'll give you that. <laughs> The bro is coming up the door, kind of watching them go at it, and um, then they talk a little bit about how has she told her brother yet, and like talking about how she's leaving. Um, as she opens up the door, uh, the the other girl to leave. There's the guy sitting there, and so uh, the uh, the lady who uh, uh, was watching the stripper go, she t- that's her little brother, and she tells him that she's not doing this to. Uh, be free of him, but she's doing this to free him. Uh, then we cut to some more dancing and stripping. Thank you, so, movie. Yay. Uh, backstage, there everyone's hanging out. Um, the girl who was watching the girl dance, she decides to call her girlfriend because she hasn't heard from her. And when she calls, she gets a hold of her, but she sounds very strange, almost drugged out. She agrees to meet her later on, and then she turns around. And there's a creepy dude. He just kind of corners her. She kind of says to get away from her, and she's able to get away uh, from him and calls for, like, a security guard. Yeah, so how many creeps get attracted to working in strip clubs? Like, how often does that happen? Because this guy— He didn't work in there. Are you sure? Yeah, he's just a patron. There's a guy that's, like, running around that I thought worked there that was asking everybody out. Is it that guy? Yeah, no, the guy who's asking everybody out, he's not the—well, he's kind of creepy in his own right, but he's not the weird, creepy guy. That's the shit DJ. Okay, so that's how little I was paying attention to any man that's in this film, Matt. Good job, buddy. I'm proud of you. Yeah. The only reason I paid attention is because I had to do notes. Right. I would probably... No, I, I really wouldn't. I would just say some dude, and then that would be it, because that's all they were to me, is just some dude that was in the way of me looking at lovely ladies in this movie. <laughs> um. So anyway, uh, that lady is sitting on a bridge waiting, and then she gets pushed off, and then doubt by a hooded figure, and then doused with gasoline, and then molested a bit. Um. That got really gross really fast. Yeah, it really did. Uh, the undercover cop, there's an undercover cop who finds her, and then she is also doused with gas. Uh, she gets up, and she has a shot to take out the perpetrator, but her partner stops her because if she would have shot, she would have lit on fire. And Everybody remember the, that. It's going to come back and be important later. Yeah. And the girl lying there, she does, however, get lit up by fire and dies. Well, the guy, um, was, the, the person that was getting ready to, that was dumping all the gas on the poor girl that was laying there about to be burned, actually had something like ready to light or had a lighter in their hand. And that's Kay Lance's character was going to fire, but she would have set herself on fire and probably would have set the girl on fire at the same time. Yeah. Her partner, who happens to be one of the My Two Dads. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, yes, yes. That's where I thought, that's, fuck, I wondered where I knew him from. I was waiting for anyway. him to, I was waiting for him to, like, unfold a bed that was all made and pretty and then have a messy bed on the inside and then point out how he built that just so he didn't have to make a bed. But yeah, that, right. that never happened. But because, because she was trying to stop that person from throwing the flame, you know, down to light the other girl on fire, and because she had to jump back because she was also catching on fire, obviously, then that's why they were able to get away. It doesn't really do it very well in the movie to make that obvious and clear but that was basically the situation it was sort of like a, a standoff where you can fire and kill the suspect but you also are going to kill the victim and yourself at the same time yeah exactly well the two partners talk and that is our first clip i panicked i didn't think yeah i remember a few years ago i was working a barbershop you know running numbers every morning you know i wait for the drop finally when it went down I mean, I left to my feet, I had my gun drawn, and I fainted. <laughs> God, he was shaving me. I slashed my own throat. One look at all that blood, I collapsed. Woke up in the hospital. Turns out the guy's arrested and saved my life. Thanks, Heinemann. Hey, what about my coat? Send it to the cleaners. Okay, that was a really lame fucking story that just makes him seem like even more of a fucking douchebag. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> and an incompetent cop to boot. I mean, do they make him any other way? Really? Damn! Message. All I'm saying, man, is... Old cops are bumbling dummies. You know? Yeah. I mean, there you go. <laughs> then we cut to a dancer who's using a snake. This is one thing I've never gotten. I don't need the theatrics. You know, just the dance is fine. The boa constrictor with the shape of the head is supposed to remind you of male genitals. And you are supposed to pretend like she's caressing and dancing up on your own junk. But it doesn't. Well, it just makes me see a serpent. Well, of course not, because, you know, for you, it'd have to be more like a garden snake. <sighs> for you, it'd be a cocktail weenie, you motherfucker. <laughs> That's not a snake. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Mr. Roper and the girl who was dancing at the very beginning, Roxanne, they are talking. She's saying she has some family stuff and needs to leave. Mr. Roper states that if she doesn't go on, she can... Uh, kiss goodbye last week's check so that's kind of fucked up that's also not legal as far as i understand it it is not mr roper's um, a real scumbag in this he's a real dick and anyway she's dancing and pours booze all over herself you can just tell she's kind of really fucking out of it that was uh, hot though that disenfranchised so just not there look as she dumps champagne down her naked body man that I mean, does that's it wasting me. booze but yeah all right I get it. it's champagne no one likes champagne you're right. What? No one likes a little bit of the bubbly. Okay, okay. It wasn't even champagne. That was sparkling white wine or whatever they call it because it wasn't made in the champagne region of France. Yeah. You know? Exactly. The guy who actually paid for that was totally fine with her doing that whole dumping down her fucking front. Yeah, it's all fucking weird. Uh, <laughs> I don't like it. It's booze. It was in my belly. Destroys my liver. So what we really see here, Matt, is your personal sexual hang-ups, not a problem with any of the dancing and performing. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> okay, so the movie actually isn't bad. It's just that it didn't work for you because they weren't dancing around and removing like football No, the pads. movie's still bad. The mo <laughs> Come on, come on. The movie's bad. <laughs> I disagree. I got okay. exactly what I wanted when I bought this Blu-ray. Okay, if you're just looking for naked women, then yeah, the movie's good. <laughs> Wait, you're looking for a plot? 
Well, maybe I have to take notes of this fucking thing. <laughs> Note to self, give Matt more Roger Corman skin flicks in the next year. <laughs> fucking asshole. Anyway. <laughs> I don't deny that. Although why am I, it's weird. I'm like mad, but also not. So <laughs> You're like, I, on one hand, you're excited for the skin flicks. On yeah. the other hand, you're sad that you have to take notes and can't enjoy them on the visceral hand on crotch exactly. level. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. That's exactly right. Um, uh, backstage, uh, Mr. Roper says he's looking for Angel, the girl who was dating Roxanne. Um, the next day, uh, Detective Cody, the uh, undercover uh, female officer, and her partner, whose name is so fucked up, I only re- respond to him as her partner throughout this entire movie. Let's just they call talk. him one half of my two dads. Yeah, right. They talk in our next clip. Very Malibu, Hyman. Having fun yet? Did you get this thing? When he picked it up on a drug bust. Just temporary. Motor pool's trying to find the top. The B team come up with anything? He dropped in on the other strippers, found them uniformly uncooperative. I just don't understand why civilians get so upset when you wake them up at four in the morning, ask if they killed somebody. Well, it just doesn't make any sense, you know? I want it. Well, it's in homicide court. I was the first detective on the scene. There's ways. How ominous. What do I have to do? Take off your clothes. Uh, no, you get a job at the club. You talk to the girls and check the place out. Hey, forget it, all right? Forget it. Oh. Damn it. Ow. Just kidding around. Hey, no problem. Just fooling around, okay? Are you out of your mind? I figured you need a little zen training after that gasoline episode. Thanks. Don't give in to that ass. Not a chance. Now you're not fighting a weapon, you're fighting a person. This way you're in control of the situation. The situation doesn't control you. Take it. Isn't there some sort of departmental regulation about this awkward door? About what? Flashing my tits. Mind your own business. It's a homicide. Talk to a few guys. It's completely up to you. They got this amateur contest tonight. The winner usually gets hired. You're the one. Hello, Kim. What? Last year, I received this chain letter asking me to share love with 20 other people by sending Xerox copies of this message. At the bottom, it warned me that if I didn't do that, a curse would destroy the lives of my future children. Now I know who sent it. Pardon me if I'm interrupting what I'm sure is a very important deductive brainstorming session. But I have been granted the privilege of bringing you your messages. Here's an interesting one. Motor pool. Can't find top. You're stuck with car. Whoa. They anticipated just such a reaction. You know, you should go into an awful lot of trouble to see me topless. We should have had an affair when we had the chance. You don't date single guys. Ouch. Who's Sonny? Oh, just some mindless physical insertion and attraction. Dating already? That's right. Okay. Good, that's good for you. How's old Nina doing? Uh, uh, we don't, I don't know. She, we, we don't talk. She, her lawyer writes me. So what do you think, huh? What if I don't win? You have nothing to worry about. Don't get nervous. I've done this before. My sister owns a whorehouse. 
No, I will not tell you where you might end up in vice. Close. Hey, don't worry, this is gonna work. Some of the guys don't mind spending the night off. Come down to the strip club to see you. What guys? Look, they use applause meters. See, so a few ringers in there, it's gonna make all the difference. Guys are volunteering all over the place. I mean, half the force is gonna see me naked? Okay, the lady who is getting all up in their grill and talking shit to them and then helps Kay Lenz prepare for her, like, you know, debut for the amateur night. Did you recognize her? Did you recognize her voice or anything like that? I thought I recognized her, and the voice is kind of not really, but I thought I recognized her. Okay, well, I couldn't place her, but I was like, I know that voice. I know that affectation. She is one of those that guy type actor slash actresses. Her name is Diane Bellamy. The thing that I kept remembering her from and the thing that kind of like triggered a memory for me, in Police Academy 2, their first assignment, she's the nurse that comes in during the body cavity search that they order on Mauser. Oh. Oh, that's right. Yeah. She's like, hold them down, boys. And it's the, just the way she talks in this. I was like, I know this actress. Why the fuck do I know her? Where do I know her from? It's Police Academy 2 because I watched that way more times than I ever should have. Anyway, Cody starts dancing and uh, she sucks, but she's starting. She's like getting more into it as it goes on. Okay. Her, uh, we got to really talk about her specific dance here. Because she steps out and she's in this like lingerie thing that her partner, by the way, picked for her because that's what he wanted to see her in. Yeah. It's completely impractical for her to be able to do her dance in, although it, it does look quite ravishing on her. And she just stands there, deer in headlights, until someone throws an ice cube at her fucking head. And then she starts doing this sort of like stiff, non-sexy dance that looks like someone's holding a gun to her head to make her do it. And it's just really uncomfortable and it's really awkward. And it really worked for me. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but like, I don't think you are, but go ahead. <laughs> but then she's like kind of like slowly starting to realize what she needs to do and that she needs to get into doing the dance. And then she starts moving a little bit better, but it's still absolutely terrible. And then when she can't get the actual dress like negligee thing off, she tears it off of her, which that performance alone is what really starts getting people worked up and not just the cops that were there is like a way to make sure she gets amateur night one, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was going to tell you that. Uh, yeah, she starts tearing off the dress. Uh, one guy looks like he's going to get a little too fresh and the partner stops him and tells him to sit down. She gets all sorts of topless, and everyone cheers, and she wins the contest. Okay, she rips off the actual dress, and then she does a little bit of a dance in the lingerie getup she's wearing underneath it, which was absolutely incredible. Caitlin's looks amazing in this film, and the outfits that they put on her are awesome and really accent her body quite well. And what she does is she gets really into it, and she starts to enjoy the power of the actual dance that she's getting, where she feels that control and how everybody in the room is like all about her and everything. And she she pops her top and then does the thing where she throws her arms up in the air, holding onto her bra to like toss the bra up in the air and, you know, kind of jiggles and wiggles a little bit. And then everybody starts cheering and she looks down at the table of all of her coworkers and realizes they all just saw her tits and then covers up. And then one of them gives her his jacket so she can continue on with the rest of the fucking contest. None of this is real. None of this. There's no way that these cops would be able to, quote unquote, pull one over to do this like fake sting they needed to talk to the actual owner to set this up because this is all highly unbelievable horse shit yeah 
Oh yeah, exactly. This is never going to happen in a million years. The only uh, thing, the only upside to this is you get to watch K-Lens rip a dress or negligee or whatever it is physically off of her body. And that portion alone, I can believe where she may win an amateur contest doing that. Sure, because that was actually quite incredible and pretty hot. And then that makes it look like everything else she was doing was um like, uh, like a set thing for her to do to kind of get attention before she does this performance where she tears it off. So maybe, but like the minute she covers herself up and then the guy gives her a jacket like somebody has to know that there she's in cahoots with someone there you know like mr roper can't be that fucking clueless about his own club yeah right exactly uh we cut to backstage and all the girls are talking about um angel's murder now it's They've come to know an angel's been murdered and how asshole the cops were for just, like, trying to interrogate them all first thing in the morning. Um, One of the girls named Cinnamon, she comes out and starts dancing, and she is just really fucked up. She can tell she's high, drunk, dying or something. Cinnamon is in a fur coat, and she has this sort of, like, upscale, richy kind of look to her where she's supposed to be, like, high class or whatever. And she's the one that dances to that really bad blues song that I used for our first song tonight. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I trimmed out the Uh, bad announcer. If he would have been any fucking good, I would have left him in there because that would have highlighted what we're trying to do for the show. But he was so bad, I took the time to trim him out and then basically, like, crossfade the music so it fit where I removed him. Yeah. And anyway, she falls and falls right into the lap of the creepy dude who was kind of stalking Angel earlier. She gives him a kiss and then she runs off and uh, he runs off as well. By the way, she Uh, broke the law by falling on the audience because the girls, whenever they are topless, have to stay a certain distance away from the men in this film. It must have been some kind of an ordinance of the day or something like that. Yeah. Um... So anyway, uh, uh, after that, Roxanne, uh, she comes in and she kind of seems still messed up, you know, probably because her girlfriend's dead. And Cinnamon is really fucked up and she like gropes Roxanne and makes really inappropriate comments about Rangel and now Roxanne's available, all that kind of shit. Um, and so Mr. Roper's had enough and fires her for her pill use. So you're, you're, you're done. Uh, and, um. She heads out uh, and is uh, waiting for a cab uh, after she's been fired. So we go back to the backstage area, and that is our next clip. Right. I get it. The last night before Angel was killed, Pocket was back here. He did something to her. She wouldn't talk about it, but she was afraid. Come on. He's been here longer than I have. He's Pocket. He's just some weirdo who jacks off through a hole in his pocket. No big deal. He doesn't get it on the floor or anything. Well, thanks for letting me use the dressing room. And I'm sorry about your friend. Sonny, you on drugs? No. Well, sometimes a little grass. You reliable? Very. You gonna screw me? For the job? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you screwing me over if I should hire you. I don't screw people around. You are the worst dancer I ever saw in my life. You're hired. What do you pay? Okay. Yeah, because that's ever going to (laughs) happen. All right, we, we do have to kind of talk about this. There's something that happened earlier in the film where one of the ladies said, who do you have to blow to get air conditioning around here? And Mr. Yeah, Roper and walks in and says, me. And then they do like this like indication that he is packing a Vienna sausage and nothing more. Yes, that he has a small hunky nunk. What I like to call about a Trump length. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 
Yep, yep. So, but uh, obviously, if you give him enough shit, he'll get really uh, weirded out by that. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know, man. Like, I feel like there's more of a story here that they wanted to do, and Roger Corman just kept saying, nope, less story, more strip. Less story, more strip. Yeah, exactly. And I want to save all of that for what I feel like the story is supposed to be in my final thoughts, so we'll, we'll move on. All right. Um, Cody then... Um... Oh, we, uh, during that whole entire scene, uh, one of the girls was using like fucking nunchucks and Cody catches a girl packing heat. Um, we have the next girl up and she's very flippy and flexible in her performance. Uh, is, this, um, is this the one that was, um, on the bike? Which performance are you speaking of? Trying to think here. Yeah. Cause the one, maybe this was the start of the bike and then everything else. Okay. All I know is she brought it in like a little carpet and she's really flippy and flexible. Oh, okay. So we, we do have to actually talk about some of these actual performances. Okay. So the uh, director of this is Kat Shea, who at the time was Kat Shea Rubin. And she co-wrote that with her husband at the time, Andy Rubin. And she was the director of the film. The idea that she got was apparently long story short, she lost a bet with her husband at the time and they went to a strip club together. I want to know that story a little bit more. Yeah, right. Um, the performances that were happening at that particular strip club were enough to make her kind of rethink how she viewed what strip clubs were actually like, and she wanted to kind of tell more of a story. So she kind of came up with this whole burning story to kind of tell what goes on behind the scenes and all the stuff that gets involved with an actual, you know, strip club and all that deal. Now, she ended up hiring actual performers who actually do strip tease and brought them into the film. And the ones that she hired, she actually gave some acting lessons too and I think they deliver a few lines here and there but there's a couple of these ladies that you can tell are actually really excellent dancers and performers that we do have to kind of talk about now the one that you're talking about that's flexible yes but we can't overshadow and overlook there's a sequence where a woman comes in on a motorcycle and does this very gymnastic very flipping around she does like a no hands backflip and a bunch of other really cool gymnastic stuff on an unpadded stage wearing not a stitch practically like she's wearing like panties and sort of like a tank top kind of thing that she then takes off and she does a lot of this topless and the work that she does actually doing the pole dancing stuff where she climbs up it and slides down and goes around it and does flips and stuff that's on that is actually really athletic and quite impressive and we do have to give the filmmakers a little bit of credit for being able to capture such a performance because she did an amazing job now the ultra yeah. flexible one that you're talking about here she's the one that comes out in a red bikini that's like this crisscross tying across her stomach the bottom parts of the bikini are also crisscrosses and it looks like they kind of tie together almost but she doesn't have them tie together where it would almost be like a makeshift one piece with these various straps that tie together that go across her body and that performance was absolutely amazing as well she does some amazing like rollover back type uh flexible almost yoga poses where it's almost like contortionist level of stuff that she does rolling around and the one that really caught my attention is when she gets that fur rug out and then she starts actually like gyrating and doing these splits on that that the camera <laughs> justifiably goes in as close as it possibly can on the g-string as she's doing these splits and it's very much everything that you want to see whenever you're looking that kind of thing if you want to look at a lady while they're doing these dances and while it's like super erotic and like super like really talented stuff that she's doing here at the same time you're like god damn that's a really exploitative camera angle but thank you movie yes 
Yeah, uh, yeah. Some of the dancing can get really in there, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, the reason to watch Strip to Kill is the performances. Now, it's not just because you're watching ladies dancing naked. That's a bonus. The actual dances that the actual performers of this day and era and what they do for their routines are actually pretty awesome. The most lackluster one is the star of the film because that's not her normal thing that she does. But even still, she learned a few dances and did a few things. It was more of like this dramatic kind of thing that she tried to do for her performances that that didn't work for me. Yeah. Some of the dancers, man, they must have been at least somewhat professionals. Uh <laughs> Well, like I said, they were. There was um, a yeah. handful of them that definitely were. There's some other ones that maybe not as much that were. You could tell they were actresses that were brought in and did just very little. But some of the ones that could feature dancing two to three times or are doing a routine that's like two to three minutes and they get like a full song routine, they had to have been the actual dancers. And they were quite good. This is not what I would normally think of as a strip tease. This is more of like a burlesque performance that they're doing when everybody knows my love of burlesque. You know, yes. I mean, just because they're taking off their top and doing some dances and stuff doesn't make it 100% striptease. They're not taking off all of their clothes. They just, you know, get down to like a lingerie and then remove their top. This is very much a burlesque performance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of thought, a lot of uh, props put into it, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So. It's very classy and it's the kind of thing that I would like to go see. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, if but I, we never would because we don't go into those establishments. Well, no, we what, I'm, what I'm saying is you take these ladies out of what's supposed to be a strip club and you put them in an actual burlesque, they can do the exact same routine and it's classy and it's okay for me to be enjoying the juiciness aspect of it. I gotcha. Uh, we're talking like a show in Vegas. Um, I'm talking like a show that I would have in my backyard if I were allowed. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cody and another girl, they are talk and they uh, spot Pocket, the creepy dude. Uh, That's the nickname Cody... for the guy that they think is always playing pocket pull. They think he cut a yeah. hole in his pants to jerk off constantly while watching them dance. Yes. Uh, Cody tells her partner that she got the job and that uh, sh that uh, she's going to go check out the weird dude. She starts talking to the weird guy about Angel, and then he gives he gives her an origami flower and then leaves. Well, she spills a drink on him. She's like, I'm yeah. sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, blah, 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 after she asks him the question. And she thinks he doesn't like being touched, but the problem is that she's misinterpreting what it is that he has an issue with. Yeah. But it's still, uh, you, you know, it, he has these issues about being touched. He he, he kind of recoils. He gives her this origami flower and then runs. Right. Um, Granted, the cops are basically looking for the easiest solve they can. To hell with the uh. police. <laughs> the partner follows Pocket outside and he sees him with guys like selling shit out the back of his trunk. And they drops a switchblade and Pocket picks it up and plays with it and seems to be pretty... Uh, it's a, well to do with a switchblade, at it's least. It's not a switchblade. It's a butterfly knife. Butterfly knife. Yeah, Sorry. Butterfly knife. Now, that butterfly knife, uh, what the guy was trying to show him how it's used, and then Pocket basically does this amazing little routine that's like almost martial arts, you know, level of someone that's been trained to use a butterfly knife, which is pretty impressive stuff. Um, yeah. I collect both, and I'm obsessed with both butterfly knives and switchblades, so I had to correct you, and also our audience would not have let that down. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, then Cody compliments another dancer uh, while they're on a ride home, saying how amazing she is. I'm pretty sure it's the same girl who we were talking about with the motorcycle. Yeah. In fact, I know she was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, they get a little bit of a friendship going, and they kind of strike up a conversation. And they're actually, they talk during that one dancer's routine, and she's the one that gives uh, uh, Caitlin's character the 411 on pocket anyway. 
Yeah. And then um, we see Cinnamon is strangled and killed. Not just strangled. She walks past a like a, a staircase thing, like in one of those industrial steps leading up to like a warehouse, and someone wraps barbed wire around her neck and hangs her with it. Yeah. She is hung with barbed wire. There is a lot of hate in someone's heart to do something like that. Yeah, it's pretty hardcore. Cody comes home but sees that somebody has broken into her place. Ah, it's her partner just taking a shit. Um, After he washes up, it leads to our next clip. I came back here because I care about you. You know, and to give you a warning, too. Take it easy. You broke into my house to tell me not to enjoy my work? Yeah, and to use the facilities. Maybe this whole gig's a bad idea, you know? How's Mr. Pocket? Who? The pervert. Uh-huh. I lost him. Well, what did you get? He makes paper flowers and gives them to the girls. I don't know, something's wrong. He has this thing about being touched. I don't think he did it. He likes knives. I saw him shop for one of our local mobile entrepreneurs. Did he buy one? He was just playing with me very well. He took something. What? I don't know. I couldn't see. I must have been breast blind. I think if I would have seen one more tit, I would have thrown up. I thought men like watching tits flop around. I don't like to see yours flopping around. They don't flop. Yeah, I noticed that. <sighs> see you tomorrow. Hey, don't bother locking your deadbolt. Just place a piece of cake. Good night, Heineman. Visualize yourself aiming at the target. You are calm and relaxed. What took you? I had to go shopping. You have any idea how much a pair of fishnet stockings cost? Fourteen bucks. What are you doing? Uh, it's self-hypnosis. How long have you been doing that? A while. The hell much? I don't know. I never get to shoot anyone. You want to uh, know about the girls? Yeah. Got a runaway who is now legal, and we got an assault. An assault. A Charlotte Atula, a.k.a. Dazzle, accused of beating the daylights out of some girl in a bar. And I quote, No way. I just held her fanny and I... Wait, no. And I quote, No way I just held her The fanny hit her, a.k.a. Catherine Berry, charges were dropped. Who's the runaway? Uh, Roxanne Bear. Seems your dad is your typical hard-working wife beater. Got a little carried away one day and killed mom. Now, she and... Her brother, Eric, witnessed it, and they just split. They're two ex-street hustlers. What about the captain and Gilligan? Well, you can take your pick of a half a dozen witnesses who can place Ray and Derek in the club at the time of the murder. And what'd you find on Pocket? Diddly squat. I mean, believe it or not, there's no Mr. Pocket in the phone book. Well, I'll call you when it comes to the club. You know, it could be one of the girls. I don't know, jealousy? Okay, we need to talk about her partner's possessiveness over her body, uh, how he starts talking about how he's sick of looking at boobs because he's blind and he doesn't going to throw up if he sees one more tit. I'm calling shenanigans on that. First yeah, that's fucking, that's, that's a lie. There's there's no such thing. I could see a hundred different sets of boobs and all sorts of shapes and sizes, and I'd still be like, you got any more? Can I see some <laughs> yeah. more? 
what what else what else is happening right like do, if do i if, if i were sitting there casing the joint um like he is doing like trying to just be back up and just basically trying to just keep an eye on what's going on in that club i don't think i would complain about getting the assignment where i sit in a strip club and watch ladies dance for like ever this guy clearly has some very misogynistic tendencies and the way he reacts to her and starts talking down to her and then basically just degrades her for doing what she's doing and being a part of it, even though this was his idea and his plan the whole time anyway, just really pisses me off. And the guy is such a piece of shit that I'm like, why is half of my two dads this prick? Why can't they, why couldn't they have picked another actor? Because Paul Reiser so would not have done this role. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I understand that, that Paul Reiser would so not have done this role, but he also wouldn't have worked in this role either. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they wanted to try and find somebody that was hip and cool and had like some sex appeal to be Kay Lentz's like sort of love interest in the film. But they got this all wrong. And if a woman co-wrote the script, why is she allowing this kind of dialogue to take place? Unless this is how she feels, too. Maybe she's a closet misogynist. I don't know. But like if I were a female and I were writing a script with my husband and he put those lines of dialogue for a male character in there and we didn't deal with that sexism or call it out in the script i would be questioning how my husband looks at me as a person you know what i'm saying i mean not only that not just deal with it but oh my god reward him for such feelings (laughs) right because then she starts kissing him and all of that shit right that's later on yeah yeah i mean what the flying fuck also he breaks into her house he takes a shit she kicks open the door to see him do it you know like sitting there on the toilet and then she's like you you got to see me now i get to see you i'm like lady you watched him taking a shit that's not exactly appealing (laughs) yeah that's or is i mean that's not the same thing at all or or is it to her maybe it is i don't know what maybe don't kink shamer i'm not i'm just saying like i don't think there's an equivalency there i think she's just trying to get balanced and even it's just this film just I don't know. It just has this underpinning tone of misogyny to it that I didn't like when it feels like they're trying to say something and be a little bit more feminist in the take on what is happening in one of these adult entertainment clubs like this. It just, I don't know, like it feels like it really misses the mark (laughs) on that. Yeah, big time. Um, then we have another dancer who does like a spider dance. She's like in a spider web. This one was pretty hot. I kind of dug this one. Yeah. Uh, then we get some more backstage gossip. Uh, uh, another girl really is just turning down the DJ left and right because he keeps hitting on her because he's a fucking idiot. And he's the worst strip club DJ that has ever existed. As far as we know. Yeah. I mean, not that we go to those type of places, but I mean, I would have to assume. Right. I mean, like, I haven't done extensive research on this, nor do I normally pay that much attention to the guy talking about the lady coming to the stage. If I were, I'm just saying that this guy was that terrible. Yeah. I'm just saying we, we've never gone to a place like that, um, but we have definitely, definitely, you know, uh, I've probably heard of things. I mean, I'm not saying that I wouldn't go to a place like that. I'm just saying that right now it's a bad time to do it in. Yes, of course. Right now. Right now. Bad time. Yeah, but like as soon as this is all over, I think maybe we should. Roxanne's turn to dance, and as she goes out there, she starts yelling at Pocket sitting there that he killed Angel and has a real paperclips moment in our next clip. Who in the fuck took my paperclips? God, she's so angry the way she's screaming, you killed her, you killed her, and just like really 
Powerful. Yeah. Powerful stuff. Yeah, you'd think she was throwing stuff at him or something, but mm, she doesn't really no. do that as much. But no. Pocket uh, walks out, and the rest of the girls, they come out and start beating the shit out of him. But Cody breaks it up. Uh, it, that's when she finds out that Roxanne and Angel were lovers and actually dating. Cody and her partner decide that they'll check out Roxanne and her bro, but they still believe, um, the partner definitely believes it's Pocket who did this, uh, cause they talk about, uh, the, uh, you know, uh, everything he saw with Pocket. Then there's more of that fake knife shenanigans where the partner's trying to make Cody be able to defend herself. This whole fake knife thing is just him trying to show how she's a helpless woman and is once again more misogynistic and horseshit. Like, he's doing it under the guise that he's trying to teach her to protect herself. Yeah. He's saying she shouldn't be in that world. Right. He's trying to be yeah. like, you should really be at home waiting for me to get done with my hard day's work at being a cop and get in that kitchen and be pregnant and barefoot. All sorts of clips there. Jesus Christ. I know. I just let you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying nothing. <laughs> oh, I got some great ones from you last week. I'll play later. So go ahead. Y- yeah. Yeah. I know. Right. Uh, Cody dances and she gets topless again and she sees a dude with a dollar in his mouth. And she just breaks it. Yeah, 20 bucks. And she goes after it. But Mr. Roper yells at her from offstage. When they get backstage, he tells her that she can't be within five feet of customers while being topless. Yeah, so that's Uh, the rule that we were talking about. But Mr. Roper is the kind of guy who's going to yell at you. Right, like, get back there or whatever it is that he yells. I mean, like, she just won. 20 bucks is 20 bucks, man. Exactly. 20 bucks is 20 bucks. I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah, I know he could be fined and everything, but the way that, like, she reacts whenever she gets yelled at, like, she starts almost like a wilting willow. She covers herself up and backs away and then just kind of like it looks like she takes off. It's really bizarre. Because she couldn't believe she broke and went after the money like that. So you think it's like a psychological thing where she's starting to like the power too much? Yeah. I mean, she even says it later on. Yeah. I I don't know. Maybe they just ham-handed that one in there. Yeah, that could be wrong with I mean, ham-handed a lot of things in this movie. <laughs> I mean, this movie had me ham-handing a lot of things, too. <laughs> uh, Cody talks to another dancer about uh, she wants to be able to meet Roxanne and talk to her and hang out and be friends. Um, Cody then is able to talk to Roxanne. She said they want to hang out, and Roxanne, after prodding her a couple times, Roxanne finally agrees. Um, the partner decides to break into uh, Angel's place, and Roxanne, we see off in the distance, is watching him do so. He is, while well, he goes through, he finds what looks like a body wrapped up in plastic, but then is busted by that perv neighbor with a gun. Turns out the guy is a former uh, officer. Yeah, and then he takes the guy upstairs, and he's all cool with him being all, like, breaking into a place because he's a fucking pig and they stick together because you got to keep that thin blue line. The neighbor said that night, when asked where Angel was that night, he said he was with him watching Bruce Lee. Uh, at this point, Angel walks in. So then the partner shows up to Cody's place the next morning to talk about how much he fucked up because, you know, he fucking did. And she gets a call, but he answers it. And apparently it was the chief of police and they've been breaking some hefty rules by having her dance and she is to stop it now. Right. So her partner is such a scumbag piece of shit. He didn't even tell her that it was all his idea and that wasn't from on high that she should join the strip club to actually be a performer they just were looking for them to go undercover and hang out in the club to watch it so she could have done anything else it was all him that decided she needed to become a performer which makes him even more of a scumbag piece of shit in my book yes yes he's just a dirtbag with a stupid duster you motherfucking um, half of yes, my two like dads we just said, you piece of shit <laughs> 
Yes, and the partner finally comes clean that the boss didn't exactly know what was happening and that they believe that they're going to go ahead and put out an APB out on pocket now. So then Cody goes in that night to quit, but Mr. Roper talks into working just that last night. Um, Cody tells another dancer that she's starting to like the dancing. She likes that feeling of cutting loose. That's how she said it. Cutting loose. Yeah, she's finally comfortable in her own sexuality in some way, shape, or form where she doesn't have to feel bad about being a sexual and expressive being and the cops want to squash that on her. Not really. She could quit the police force and then do it. I mean, this movie would be so much better if she fucking did that. Like, at the end of it, she fucking threw her badge at her partner and said, I quit. So she dances again. The partner sees it. Not happy about it. And he goes to her in our next clip. What the hell are you doing here, Cody? Keep it down. Fuck them! You are ordered not to come back here. And you are a cop. Don't flake out of me. I'm her husband. Sonny? It's okay. They were counting on me. That is really stupid. I know. Yeah. Well, they found cinnamon. Dragged about a hundred miles underneath a semi. It's over, Cody. Just let go of it, huh? Hey, we pulled in Mark Gold. Eric's alibi holds up. What about Roxanne? Oh, fuck Roxanne! Damn it, Cody. The night you got the job, Cinnamon fell off the stage. She gave Pocket a big wet one right in the kisser. And the guy practically freaked. He can't stand being touched by live girls. He hates it. Now the key is live. Get it? Paper flowers, dead ladies. Let me see where I'm going with this. Our killer is a horny man and very sick. And you were wrong, okay? Now just, just forget it. Drop it. I can't. Me and I just need to stop this case. You want to take your clothes off in front of a million people. It's kind of like you dating married men, isn't it? Doesn't have to be real. You're wrong. I want that son of a bitch. Deal with this emotional stuff. And make me stop. Um, you're a cop. That was really ham-handed, that whole thing. And then they fuck. Yeah. So so she she was once again rewarded for his shitty behavior. Right. He is misogynistic all as fuck on her, talking about that. And not only that, he's making a lot of bullshit logical leaps to try and make the guy that he already thinks did it or is the easy fucking conviction work. Because once again, Matt... Old cops are bumbling dummies. (laughs) Yeah, kind of. In this this show, they they definitely are. To hell with the police. God damn. That's from last week, by the way. That's awesome. Uh, Anyway, the next morning, a call comes in that they can't find Pocket, so he decides to get up. They have a fight about her intimacy issues and her commitment not only to kind of him but the force Uh, it doesn't sound like they actually boned i mean they have this like weird sex scene on the floor mat of her gym area of the bottom part of her loft garage apartment whatever the fuck that is boned but she did not orgasm oh i can guarantee you that she did not orgasm if they boned he is not the kind of person that makes sure that she gets to come first in all manners of the word coming first 
And they argue about that. <laughs> so then the partner finds the street seller, and um, he pretty much tortures him for information. So, I mean, that's some bang-up police work there, Lou. I'm going to stockpile all my guns because cops don't help you. Yeah. Um. Anyway. <laughs> this guy just proves my point about everything. Like, this is this is your prototypical police officer right here. No, I wouldn't say that. Well, of course you wouldn't. Anyway, he says that all he sells him is classical tapes, like classical music tapes, for the paper flowers. Yeah, so he's bootlegging classical music for fucking pocket just so he can get these folded flowers, like, for this weird artsy trade. That doesn't seem right, but, like, the way he says it after being under duress and torture, I mean, the guy waterboards him for 75 minutes, and that's the only thing he gets out of him, basically. Right? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Not literally waterboard, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And then, so then we cut to Cody. She talks to that records department lady, and that's our final clip. We're closed. Use your computer terminal. I forgot my access code. Oh, you just couldn't go 24 hours without digging my vibes. I want to look at the records on the Bayer kids. They were runaways. Don't suppose you have a year, case number, officer's name, didn't think so. That's... B-A-Y-E-R, which reminds me, I have a splitting headache. Thanks, Cheryl. With Margolin vouching for him, I feel a little silly even asking. Margolin? Yeah, the ex-cop who alibi them. That's who I think it is. He's a story and a half. What do you mean? Cheryl, what about Margolin? I can't get dip on this screen. Is the girl pretty? Who? Roxanne Headache. Very. 17 years ago, Margolin was retired. For blackmailing juvenile prostitutes into having sex with him to avoid arrest. I had a real problem with little girls. Would he lie for sex? That's what I said. Why does this show up on his records? It was the same time half the officers in Hollywood were being rousted on a stolen property set. Downtown figured they had enough bad press, so they just quietly... Heinemann shows up, tell him I'm on my way to Roxanne. So the cop upstairs turned out to be like some kind of like pervert who's into underage prostitutes. Pretty much. So we're all back again to you should hate all cops. Not all of them, but that one. Yeah. Uh, the partner questions Pocket at a little symphony thing and finds out that he only has one hand. Then he finds a veteran's doctor's card in his wallet. He calls the doc and finds out that Pocket is innocent of these crimes. Okay, first of all, you say he questions him. What he does is illegally force him oh. against a wall and tortures him. Yeah, yeah, no, he's a piece of shit. Yeah, everything this fucking pig does is wrong. Everything. He is breaking the law left and right, and he feels he's justified, but he is doing everything the wrong way. The very wrong way. Yeah, fuck this pig. <laughs> uh, Cody then runs into Angel. He uh, says that uh, uh, Angel says that Roxanne didn't think she'd actually show up, and he lets her in. Uh, Cody kind of looks around a bit around the house and finds something wrapped in plastic, and it's the dead creepy neighbor of former cop. Then we see Roxanne there, and she attacks Cody. They have a little scuffle, and Cody's able to get the knife and stabs Roxanne in the chest. The partner breaks in and admits that she was right. And while 
he's trying to call for backup, he is shot twice by Roxanne. We then see that Roxanne is actually Angel this whole time. Um, he pulls the knife out of what it seems to be like a latex or some padded chess piece that he was wearing. It's a latex chess piece that yeah. will simulate actual breasts. I don't know if I necessarily buy this, but okay, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> um, he said he had to kill Roxanne so that she wouldn't leave. When she asks who she's, he's willing to kill to you know, make sure no one finds out, he says everyone. So he shoots at her and dump, uh, dumps gas on her again. Uh, she's able to knock him down and runs away. Um, then we see a dancing hooding figure. And then we cut to back Cody running around town. More dancing. Cut back to Angel lighting a fire on some concrete steps. Then he falls down and Cody runs again. Uh, she trips Cody... him, actually. Cody throws like a ball. Oh, yeah, or something yeah. She trips, trips him. him. I'm yeah. sorry. She trips him. Cody runs into some vagrants and it looks like he, she's about to get you know messed up. But then Angel shows up and they all kind of run away. Yeah, um, it was like supposed to be like your 80s punks that hang out in the middle of nowhere just waiting to cause trouble. Like they, yeah. they stepped off the set of uh, Death Wish 3 and were like here to cause trouble. And then they got scared away by a cross-dressing psychopath. I don't know if he's technically trans or not. This whole character is problematic to begin with, so I'm going to sidestep it. <laughs> and then uh, we get we get more hooding stripping. And then uh, Cody gets blocked by fire, so she has to run a different way. She gets blocked by fire again, and she runs into the strip club. Angel walks in, shoots the sound guy and, or, well, the DJ, and one of the dancers. Cody and Angel fight, and she's able to pour gas all over him. She runs out of the club, and he follows. And he goes to then shoot her as she has recorded, but when he shoots her, he catches on fire and burns alive. Set up earlier in the film. Yes. Um, she also catches on fire, but then her partner shows up and puts her out. He's alive and was wearing a vest the whole time. She realizes she's shot in the leg. They embrace. Roll credits. <laughs> All right, so the first thing that we need to talk about for sure and, and deal with here was Angel and Roxanne the same person the entire time, and were they trying to do a sort of split personality Norman Bates thing? No. When the other girl uh, left Roxanne and her brother was standing there, I believe that was the night her brother killed her. Okay, so you believe- Because then the very next night, she didn't show up to work because remember she sounded fucked up on the phone on drugs? That was her brother on drugs, but also playing around trying to get her voice right. Okay, so do you feel like her brother was so obsessed with her that he wanted to be her? And when he couldn't control her and keep her around, then he decided to kill her and then become her? Or- no, through the story you read about uh, the you know the foster families and everything, he was beaten pretty badly, and I'm sure they were always together. So he just never wanted her to leave, and he was kind of fucked up. And when he killed her, he was like, "Well, fuck, I could." But then something broke in his mind, and another part of him became her in a way, so that she would never leave him. Right, psycho. Like I just said. Yeah, yeah, psycho. But yeah, it wasn't that way the whole movie. But yeah, that's why happen right at the end right yeah. well like in psycho it's the whole movie because he had already killed his mother 
Yeah. Spoiler alert for everybody that hasn't seen Psycho. <laughs> but like what I'm getting at is like we're getting like a mini condensed version of Psycho that gets shoehorned or sideloaded into this film as a reason to have the actual killer be taking place. So you think he killed the sister right off the bat, like right then and then went and killed the sister's girlfriend the same night? Yeah, took her about uh no, because the very that next night, it was one it was like a night later that he killed the girlfriend. Because remember she Roxanne didn't show up to work. So he killed her, got high that night, worked on her voice, got called the next night, and then decided to go out and kill because hmm. he asked the girlfriend to meet up with him. So Okay. Now my next question is, do you feel like they matched the actors and actress up enough to where this would be something that you could be fooled? And do you think they had the actor who plays Angel in the outfit that he was in pretend to be her and that they showed us a dance? Do you feel like we got duped that well? Or do you feel like they just pulled a cheat and they just did this at the last minute where where they reveal they, that he they is... did at the last minute. There was no way that was that was Angel dancing as Roxanne. So, yeah, yeah. The little sausage. I wasn't they just had the Roxanne actress dance and and do everything until the very end. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking too. Like it's a really bad cheat. I would have been amazing if they could have pulled this off on us. Like let's say that the actor who plays Angel actually played both roles, Angel and Roxanne, and they tricked yeah. us the entire time. But I do, oh, yeah. I do believe that would have activated too much of the trans panic that may have happened in yes, the eighties for yes. someone to see this film. There definitely would have been a lot of trans panic on that. Right. My thought is, well, if it turns you on, then, you know, it turns you on. I don't know. That that part of the film kind of, like, overshadowed so much because I feel like they didn't set that up or give us any inclination. They gave us a few hints, like you said, with the calling in and everything, but they needed to drive that home a little bit more. They're like, Roxanne's really different, and it's not just because Roxanne's upset. You know what I mean? And, yeah, exactly. And, like, the thing when, like, Roxanne is, like, yelling at Pocket, you know? Like, I feel like Pocket should have been like, you're not Roxanne or something like that. You know, like, they should have. Yeah, it would have been something interesting interesting like yeah i don't know who you are yeah yeah something cool like that would have been that would have been nice yeah something different you know something that would have just kind of given us a little bit better of an idea instead of relying so heavily on the psycho twist that you're gonna do you couple that with like the misogyny that's in the script and some of the other things that are going on and there's a lot of stuff about this film that don't work however the actual story and the thing that they're trying to do i kind of like that idea that like women that really may not have a lot of agency in their lives gravitate towards this type of work because it gives them power over their own body their own sexuality and they can kind of become more than what they were before and it can kind of give them a sense of self and more of a purpose and like they congregate together more while they're at the work because they're supporting each other and they take care of each other and there's hints of that in this script that like seem really interesting where the ladies are kind of working together or just kind of coming together to create a better show and they teach each other stuff or they steal bits or whatever back and forth that they're trying to do or they borrow clothing and ruin it <laughs> you know back whatever it's going to be that they're doing like there's some stuff that's like a really interesting story that could have been there and hinted at and all i see is like the liver spotted hand of roger corman just like redlining that stuff going nope put in another strip scene nope put in another strip <laughs> yeah. scene you know like no, we need more dancing yeah le less of this dialogue and this talk and like i saw an interview with him where he's like she brought me the first script and it was actually quite excellent but i was like there's i'm not going to make this film or we're going to need to pair the story back just a little bit so she brought me another version and then another and then another and each time i kept telling her we need to pair this back just a little bit more 
<laughs> so he's basically saying less story, more strip is what he was getting at in the interview. And I, well, well, of I, course, I apologize for saying. my terrible Roger Corman, but I, I tried. <laughs> but like uh, everything that I'm talking about here and all the stuff that I'm complaining about, that didn't take away from my enjoyment of the film because there's aspects that still shine through. And what this movie does really, really well is highlight the dancing performances as like almost like a time snap of the type of entertainment for this era for ladies that would be doing erotic dancing or dance routines is almost like a burlesque type routine in the strip club. Yeah, and one thing I want to give uh, to the movie, I'll, I'll I'll give it a prop, is it certainly started a kind of a, a story mode that was followed up a lot. Um, I remember there was a Bruce Willis movie where it was pretty much also an erotic thriller where, you know, his buddy, he's a psychologist and so is his buddy and his buddy's murdered and he figures it's one of the patients. And as he looks through, he falls in love with this girl while the girl is also pretending because she's kind of messed up, pretending to be her brother, all this kind of shit. Do you remember that movie? Color night right yeah color of the night yeah that's right well because i don't think yeah because bruce willis can't see a certain color either yeah um uh, uh, this uh this particular film stripped to kill actually started a trend particularly in roger corman's camp of making several of these sort of like um stripper based or strip club based like erotic quote-unquote erotic thrillers or thrillers or murder yeah. mysteries and it had its own sequel there's a strip to kill two starring wow. apparently maria ford um that is nowhere to be found i had to commit code red to get this blu-ray and it, oh, it was the only way that i actually got it and it was one of those sales again well, yeah. where i got it for and like half if- the price and then, of course, maybe one of the more favorite, uh, the most famous type movie like this, which would be the uh, Crying Game. Well, yeah, there is a little bit of a, a twist there in, in Crying like Game the, that's the, similar to that. The, I'm just talking about these twists like that. And this is kind of like the earliest point of I've ever seen uh, a twist movie like this. So that's what I was given that. Yeah, I, I really like the aspect and the idea that he would impressionate his sister after murdering her and then almost like have this other personality where they ripped off Psycho like that. It just feels like they needed to go even harder on that than what they did and it feels like the reason that that got paired back as far as it did was the liver spotty hand of roger made angel more of a character on his own like talking to other people more right then maybe it's a bit more of a shock like have him come to the club and not make angel seem like such a fuck up yeah and have him come to the club and be a problem at the club you know but like the girls not even a problem well the girls don't love him but the owner hates him or something you know something like something like that something where he's not because you already have the guy who's supposed to be the psycho freak which is pocket so you'd almost want to make the brother kind of normal and like a nice guy and then that's way when it's in you know that's supposed to be the double shot yeah something more than what we got as far as that could have gotten more but somebody the director wanted more titties and dancing that's it wasn't the director it was the producer it's all roger corman's the producer yeah and i love roger corman but i have to acknowledge that he sleazified his films intentionally just to get butts in the seat and it worked for me so i can't be hating on him too much about it but when you know what could have been with some of the films whenever he did stuff like that then you're kind of wondering like what the fuck roger yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like whatever the original script for this would be pretty, like, you could actually do a pretty decent story if you kind of punched it up a little bit and did a little bit more towards, you know. Maybe take out some of the dancing no. and put it in some more story. No, no, no. Or, you don't. You know, it was a pretty short movie anyway. It was only like an hour and 20 some minutes. Right. With all the dance, maybe mix in just some more story. What I'm saying is you turn it into like a limited series that would run on one of these, uh, you know, pay services like a Netflix or a Prime or whatever 
whatever. You leave all the dancing in, you amp up the dancing even more, you show them practicing the dancing, and you make it like a six-episode run, and you really get that sleaze factor bounced up, but you also give us a really great fucking story to, to kind of go around all of the fucking and dancing. Yeah, there you go. That'll work. <laughs> All right, enough arguing about this fucking movie. I'm done talking about it. Let's. Uh... I don't even think we were arguing. We were kind of agreeing on this whole fucking thing. We were we were angrily <laughs> agreeing. With we were each other. we were aggressively agreeing with one another. <laughs> All right, we're gonna play the promo for the Gangs of Hollywood podcast because once again, I'm giving the biggest push I've ever done for another podcast. We'll have a little bit more music straight out of the film strip to kill. So everybody, be cool. Be cool, assholes. Come on, man. Be cool. When we come back, we're going to do some side-off news. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. And while Witch didn't make it to the top of the world, he did make the Gangs of Hollywood podcast. So join the gang and enjoy a movie review podcast about movie gangs, gangsters, mobsters, and the mayhem they cause. You can find GOH Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GOHpod at www.gohpod.com as well as your favorite podcast listening app. And remember, say hello to your little friend for me. but you'll never forget my love. <laughs> now everyone just be fucking cool. Yeah, everybody be cool. We know the music fucking sucks and no one's probably going to try and claim copyright on it anyway because you're embarrassed that you fucking did it. Speaking of things that are embarrassing for fucking doing, give me some science. to us from uh, our buddy Pete Quinn. That's our boy Pete from the Good Beer Bad Movie Night, I believe is the name of the podcast. Well, Florida woman arrested for stuffing pornography in plastic Easter eggs and placed them in mailboxes. Hey, you want to shut me up? Suck my dick. It works. <laughs> I mean, yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> 
Anyway, a woman in Flagler County has been arrested after deputies say she put Easter eggs filled with pornographic images in residents' mailboxes. I started doing drugs after that. Yeah, I did, actually, and probably before. (laughs) On April 8th, Flagler County deputies said they received a call about a woman placing plastic eggs in the mailboxes on Hernandez Avenue and had identified the suspect's vehicle. And the Uh, blackface didn't age well. Yeah, it didn't. It certainly didn't. <laughs> they caught him saying it like that. Uh, yeah. In a 2004 Silver Honda Civic, uh, officials said that, that the eggs contained pornographic images, non-threatening references to nearby churches and county buildings and other items. Shut up. Are you talking about penises? So I think so. She just put porn in some of the eggs and then other eggs had like flyers for the county and stuff. Yeah, like for churches shit. Non-threatening messages, at least. What the fuck? To hell with the police. <laughs> uh, so anyway, at 11.19 p.m., deputies located the vehicle traveling north on Beltair Parkway at Whiteview Parkway, and a traffic stop was conducted where deputies located Abril Sintoni, uh, 42. De- uh, Detective Say says Tony admitted to placing the eggs in the mailbox, saying she was educating people, and she had distributed over 400 pamphlets in the past few days. So A we're bag of- pushing the Christian agenda right down your fucking throat. Yeah, pretty much. Pray <laughs> to A God, bag of pornographic material. Do. Was found inside the vehicle, officials say. You're just going to let that go? You're going to pretend like I didn't play it? Pray to God, but- that's what assholes do. God, did, did you cut that together? No, that's exactly what you said. The thing is, you said something after it. You said when they know something, something because their time is up. That's what. Oh, you... oh, okay. I, yeah, all right. And then when God I said damn. that I was going to pull that clip, you got pissed at me. We got into an argument, and I said, no, that's the truth. And this is how I replied. If you pray, you're an asshole. <laughs> and they said, no, you're not. So now I can do this. Pray to God. That's what assholes do. If you pray, you're an asshole. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, hey, Matt, don't get angry are, about it because... Hey, fuckers, religion's bullshit. God's not real. God, I'm really going to pay for that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, God. I was just joking around. Um, <laughs> our team... Uh, our uh, Officials added, our team did a great job in tracking this deranged offender down and taking her into custody, Sheriff Rick Staley said. To hell with Thankfully, the police. she did not appear to be sick with COVID-19 symptoms, but she certainly needs some help. This again proves that see something, say something works, and we thank the community for being part of our guardianship policing philosophy. You can't pay your bail? Well, I could probably fix that for a blowy. Sestoni was arrested and charged with 11 counts of distributing obscene material. It was determined that Sestoni did not have a valid driver's license. She's being held on a $7,000 bond. You can't pay your bail? Well, I could probably fix that for a blowy. All right, first of Probably all, could. first of all, I think there should be charges for disseminating religious material because that is fucking hate speech. I mean, maybe that's part of the obscene material they're talking about. Yeah, religion is an obscene material. <laughs> that'd be, I mean, that'd be something. But I, the way the sheriff was talking, I, I highly doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is my baby and I'll drown it in a bathtub if I want to. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I forgot you said that. <laughs> Holy fuck. I didn't. I made sure I grabbed that. I didn't put it at the end of the show on last week's show, but I made sure I pulled that out of the show because that's fucking hilarious. Nice job. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's do one more news story and get the fuck out of here. One more? Yeah. All right, I'll find one here. Shooting a fucking hot load all over this dog. Shoot some fucking ropes. Shooting a fucking hot load all over this dog. 
Let's jack it or something. Shooting a fucking hot load all over this dog. Finger bang a girl with a corpse hand. I'm advocating corpse fucking here. Oh, so I have a story for you while we're looking for another story, Um, which again, I posted three or four of them in the group if you need to. So I was talking with my wife about we were watching um, a horror flick and I ended up like telling her about this clip. A girl gets terrified enough. The only thing that's going to solve that is a cock. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she was like, I actually said the line and she's like, what? And I'm like, a girl gets terrified enough. The only thing that's going to solve that is a cock. <laughs> and I was like, that was, and I, I told her, I had to tell her about the movie and all that other kind of stuff. And then like, um, where the clip came from. And then I told her how I was yeah. taking clips out of context and how it makes it sound so bad. She's like, yeah, that does sound horrible. You actually play that as a clip regularly. I'm like, yeah, a girl gets terrified enough. The only thing that's going to solve that is a cock. It always comes back to dick. <laughs> And she kind of exactly. she kind of laughed about it and everything, but not completely. And she was kind of like upset that I play that clip or that I have that on the show. But at the same time, she was like, I bet your audience loves that. And I'm like, they do. They do. They really, really do. I don't know what's wrong with that. <laughs> All right. I found one from uh, Robert Ward. Yeah. Who is basically at this point, he's our, our cub reporter in the field, right? Yeah, uh, this is a smoking gun. Uh, no happy ending for threesome participants. Sexual fantasy leads to bloody brawl. Man's arrested for assault. Blood so on April 10th, uh, and a threesome did not have a happy ending early yesterday when two male participants got into a bloody fight that landed one of them in a South Carolina jail on multiple criminal charges. He must have an incredibly long penis. You can't According pay a bail, well, report, I could probably fix that for a blowy. According to the sheriff's report, Michael Charles and Michelle Fleming, both 47, share a rev- residence in Duncan, a small uh, a town in Spartanburg County. Charles told cops he and Fleming are roommates with benefits, a characterization Fleming did not dispute. To hell with the police. <laughs> uh, Charles said that he invited Brian Alden, 40 to the home to hang out and possibly have a threesome with him and Fleming. Fleming told investigators that Charles had invited Eldon over to fulfill a sexual fantasy. All cops are bumbling dummies. During a 2.45 a.m. interview with sheriff's deputies, Charles said that after the trio had sex, thing to fe- things be- things began to feel odd with Alden. Oh, he's looking for Wang. If you want to fear so he asked his guest. So he asked his guest to leave. Alden departed the home, but subsequently demanded to be let back in. It's going to cost you some Serious cock. Told him to allow Alden to return to the residence. The three then attempted intercourse again, the report notes, but due to an inability to perform on Alden's part, Charles then told him just to go home. Countdown to Bukaki. What followed? Uh, what followed? Uh, uh, ooh, what followed? Investigators allege were a series of physical confrontations between Charles and Alden, both inside the home and in the backyard. That, or they just the had a arrived at- mouth party. When the cops arrived at the property, they found Charles with a head laceration, a bloody nose, and an eye swollen shut. Mostly because I Alden put my had... penis inside of you bareback. Alden had a head wound that required 12 stitches. Charles said he struck Alden in the head with a stone while being pummeled in the uh, on the rear deck. This is like traces wait. of death fucked to porno. Wait, wait. This is like traces of death fucked to porno. Okay, being pummeled in the rear deck, is that like code for something? I, 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 I can't ask him, okay. but uh, maybe. Oh, okay. And they, uh, now I want to make, I want to get this absolutely straight. The main, there's two roommates, Fleming and then this other person. And they were roommates with Fleming and Charles. Yeah. And Charles, right? 
Yes. Okay. And they were roommates. And they voted Alden over. Right. They were roommates with benefits. And then Charles is the one that invited Alden over because of a fantasy for a three-way that Charles has always wanted, correct? Is this... Or no, Charles invited Alden over maybe for a three-way. One of the two in the house wanted a three-way, and then the other one invited Alden over. But it sounds like Charles did the invite. Right. Okay. Are they all three men? Or is there a woman in this somewhere? Like, what? I don't, I don't understand. Like, the names are not being clear uh the names aren't clear and neither are the sexes okay so let's just well, say you know two of them are men right let's just say that fleming happens to be female in this case and if charles is oh the, it's female michelle fleming okay so fleming's female and charles's dream was to have a three-way but with another dude or it could have been Michelle's dream was to have a three-way right, with another dude. with two dudes. So if it's Michelle's yes. dream, that I understand. And that's probably where the jealousy and all of this fucking fighting over it comes into play. Yes. Alden, who had uh, declined to answer police questions, kept exclamating that he was the victim and he was hit in the head with a hard object. He also kept saying... Well, and there's a lot of weighing around. While being treated at the hospital, deputies reported Alden continued to complain of pain in both hands and wrists, which is consistent with pain caused from repeated punching of an object. It's the erection that counts. So uh, apparently uh, there's a picture on the smoking gun here uh, and of, of a mugshot of the 6'5", 290-pound Alden. So not um, not a tiny fella. So Yeah, there had he, to be some uh, kind of jealousy going on there or something that yeah. sparked this. Well, he was released from County Lockup, well, probably drugs, uh, or County Lockup early yesterday evening on a personal reconnaissance bond. Alden, who lives in Duncan, um, uh, was arrested in February for indecent exposure and has been free on a $1,500 bond on that misdemeanor. Circle jerk! <laughs> so, uh, holy shit. Yeah, um, maybe your three ways shouldn't end in violence. Probably not, but if you're in Florida and there's probably, you know, um, the lawn's made of meth, it's probably going to happen. <laughs> I don't know if the entire lawn's made out of meth, but I'm pretty sure that the lawn is groomed by meth. Uh, yeah, yeah. The The lawn is like, uh, the, the lawn is grass, but it's watered using meth. Do you remember way, way back when we did a PSYOP news story with uh, F-13 from Cinema Diabolica and he was talking about how Bugs Bunny needs to saw off Florida like you always see in the cartoons? Yes, and we actually said that, uh, you know, when they were still having spring break. <laughs> yeah, I think you were the one that said that we needed to saw off Florida as well. So we need to find some yeah. gifts of that, or somebody needs to make a gif of that again of Bugs Bunny sawing off Florida, because damn Florida. I mean, Florida, you just ain't helping yourself. <laughs> I'm reminded once again of that tasty-ass fucking high-quality meme of the American flag for the mom from uh, Babadook saying, why can't you just be normal, and then Florida screaming. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this is some, some fucking crazy-ass shit that we're just going to just This is past. what happens when you don't have seasons. When you don't have- Is Florida. When you don't have what? seasons like different when it's just hot and humid summer for 12 months you go crazy i do believe that florida's season is hurricane that's the only change yeah yeah that yeah then you get some rain and it and it can't be the heat because like there are people who live in phoenix who don't go crazy but it's a dry heat so it's got to be if, when you live under 12 months of constant humidity it fucking must leak into your brain oh, i don't that know you meth. haven't you haven't seen enough of phoenix because i'm pretty sure heat makes all sorts of people crazy out there in the desert Maybe they're just too old to do anything about it. I honestly don't know, but before we offend even more states that are probably going to die by the time this episode gets out, let's finish it up. 
Alrighty then. We're going to cut it off here. We're going to play the ending Legion promo. We'll have a little bit more music that got yanked right out of the film. And we're going to do the opening music for the film with that amazing strip tease. And while that music's playing, we will go ahead and close out this show. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcasts, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Mean Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Go Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. Ice cubes clink, she's a bird of prey, circling above the drinks. I wonder what she thinks. She knows what to do with her body and eyes. In the smoky zoo, she's the master of eyes. She dances for you, you're the only one. And her body takes flight, she's only having fun. Just for a while You can't deny the night Deny the night Deny the night Make them pay, make them stay Wonder why, believe the lie Being sold and feeling cold And that's all night to rock and roll Knows what to do with her body and eyes in the smoke air zoo. She's the master of lies. Holy shit. That's like Lou Reed, only someone covering Lou Reed badly is what it sounds like. Yeah, that was that was goddamn ridiculous. That's what opens the show, but when the lady's not dancing to it and not performing nude, then there's not really anything that's going to keep you interested in that, am I right? She dances only for you. <laughs> yeah, even you sing it better than that guy, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to try and find more incidents of Matt getting away with singing on the show, the best place to find that is our landing slash launching page, legionpodcasts.com forward slash cinema dash psyop. 
Coming up on the main stage, it's Court with the ads. Gentlemen, please get out your $1 bills and welcome to the stage, Cinnamon. She's here for your pleasure. She's here for your joy. She's here for your money. Ladies and gentlemen, on the main stage is Court doing all the outros. While on the side stage is Matt constantly fucking around expanding the show to annoy Court. I have to wait for the wife to get home before I can watch Better Call Saul anyway, so I'm not that pissed. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's good, Speaking too. of being on the main <laughs> stage, our Facebook group, Cinema PsyOps, where you can find all of the lovely photos of the tasty-ass fucking memes circulating there. Only the best, highest quality of memes make it to our center stage. And speaking of center stage, I am Court PsyOps. He is Matt PsyOps. We're both available center stage on your Facebook, although Matt's appearances are sparse due to his drug habit. I thought you were going to tell anybody about that. You can intervene for Matt PsyOps and email feedback to Matt, PsyopMatt at gmail.com. Let him know he needs to be back on the center stage, working the poll. I didn't think you were going to tell anybody about email that Email feedback either. to Court, Court at gmail.com. Let him know that he should be working in a strip club, even though his wife would fucking murder him. Yeah, you don't want to do that, man. The, the show you would can be tweet over. a couple of tweets to a couple of twats on the hate-filled shit fest that is twitter and knows more about strip clubs film and everything else in life than you i'm at court underscore psyop and his drug habit is at psyop matt <laughs> you can also follow us on the gram of insta just add water and you have an instagram we are cinema underscore psyops where we follow all sorts of amazing performers and models for instagram tastiest memes as well the only the highest quality tastiest of memes will be reshared on our Instagram account. And by ours, I mean mine, because I run that, like I run Bartertown and this DJ booth. Am I right, fellas? Ooh, yeah, Ooh here we've got Stormy coming to the stage. She's about to kick the fuck out of this week and make it her bitch. So do you hate the right side of recording for your clips or, or what? The right side? Yeah, all your fucking clips are all on the left side and then the right side is just static. So I think your cord's fucked up or something. That's fucking weird. Yeah, I don't know how you were able to edit all of your clips and not notice that that's happening. Because I pulled it up in Audacity and that's exactly what I was seeing. Was that they were all, like the left side is just static and that's it. And it's just like really, really bad static. If I switch them to mono and then get rid of that left channel and just play the right channel 
it's fine. But like, it did come up, it did come through that way when I edited them. Okay, then maybe you had an error with the exporting or something. I don't know how you exported it, but like, it's all fucked up. They're all fucked up. Every that sing- is weird. Every single one of them is like that. I'm like, is he trying to fuck with me? What the fuck is going <laughs> yeah, yeah. on here? Ah, fuck it. What do you want? <laughs> I want you to do your job right. <laughs> No, that's 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 going a heck of a lot, man. No, it's really not. I did it for like fucking ever, and I still had time to fix your stuff too. I'm working on that right now. I'm exporting to like the last couple of them that I switched to a mono channel and got rid of that staticky shit. Yeah, sorry about that. I even know, or else I would have done it. But I recorded all of the music from the movie, so everybody be cool about that. That's listening, and yeah, it's fine. Everyone just be fucking cool. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. Everyone just be cool. <laughs> just don't fucking get. We're in the business of trash. We're just fucking trash. For 244 goddamn weeks of it, you better believe it. (laughs) That'll be our intro. I just got to get the clips back up here. Oh, God damn it. Um, the other thing that might help with the what, what I was calling plosives earlier, um, if when you're talking into your mic, if you're going to do like a P word or like beginning or ending with P or one of those like, I know you have um, the pop filter. I don't know if oh, you're still yeah. using that on your mic or not, but just the mic itself will still pick you up. Just kind of like turn, don't talk directly into the mic. Just turn the mic up and talk over top of it and it'll still pick you up. It's a condenser. It'll pick up everything. I got you. Yeah. I mean, that, that type of mic, if you talk directly into it is going to probably do that anyway so it's worth a shot you know just kind of be cognizant of it and i mean it is what it is we're in fucking quarantine we'll just take what we can get it's how we it's all we can do uh the girl who uh to hell with the police dancing to the what to hell with the police she's the nurse that comes in during the body cavity search that they order on mauser Oh, that's right. Yeah. She's like, hold them down, boys. And it's the, just the way she talks in this. I was like, I know this actress. Why the fuck do I know her? Where do I know her from? It's Police Academy 2 because I watched that way more times than I ever should have. But it's back on the beat. <laughs> no, this is their first assignment. Back on the beat. Like oh, oh, yeah. First assignment. I'm sorry. Yeah. Isn't back on the beat three? <laughs> I think maybe. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't fucking know. I know. It's Four fucking... is Citizens on Patrol. That's the that's one of the good ones there. <laughs> I think two, three, and four are like the best ones. Possibly, yeah. The first one is good if you can suspend, you know, all morality. <laughs> and ignore the fact that Mahoney's a fucking molesty prick. Yeah, that too. That, that There's a guy who dressed up like a woman to enter the woman's dorms. Let's just not even go down that route because he's- Who got just, rewarded for it. I mean, yeah, yeah, you know- <laughs> We don't want to go down that route. We're going to better not go down that route. Don't go down that road. Sometimes dead is better. Sometimes memory is better. Yeah. (laughs) I can't remember. Hang on a second. Give me. This is Thrilling Radio where Court asks for seconds as he looks something up and then tries to cover it so that he may at least get a clip out of all the time that he is wasting right now. (laughs) The cops are basically looking for the easiest solve they can. To hell with the police. (laughs) Old cops Uh, are bumbling dummies. I'm going to stop all my guns because cops don't help you. Okay, I'm done. I swear. <laughs> yeah. She is hung with barbed wire. There is a lot of hate in someone's heart to do something like that. Yeah, it's pretty hardcore. I know. Uh, I want to do that. I want to steal that idea. No, you don't do things like that, you fucking weirdo. Uh, <laughs>
What? I'm just saying, if I'm going to murder somebody, I think that's a good way to do it. So I'm going to take that idea if I ever do it, which I won't. God, you're still going to murder somebody. Roxanne's turn to dance, and as she goes out there, she starts yelling at Pocket sitting there that he killed Angel. Yeah, she uh, has a full-on paperclips moment. Um, I'm surprised you yeah. didn't grab a clip of that. I did. Uh, you should have it. Oh, shit. Yeah, it looks like I do. Hang on. Um... Let's see here. Yeah, okay, I'm going to pull it up. Um do you want to do you want to set that up again where she's on the stage? Oh, okay. yeah. Um uh, Roxanne uh she's good. she gets up to dance and then she sees Pocket and starts yelling at him and has a real paper clips moment in our next clip. Who in the fuck took my paper clips? But I mean she turns into a black man and starts yelling about paper clips. Well, I don't Pretty know amazing. if I didn't see that in the film. I just saw her like up there in that outfit shaking her stuff and screaming and being angry and you know, an angry woman in lingerie is something that works for me for some reason. <laughs> what does it work for you? Someone being kind about wearing lingerie? <laughs> Oddly enough, no. That that actually <laughs> that does that does work for me though. That, that also works for you. Yeah, like a really sexy negligee and being like ultra kind and like asking how my day was and stuff. That works for me, too. Yeah. Um, yelling at someone and being like really angry and aggressive. That turns me on, too. <laughs> you, you cast a wide net. Um, yeah. Telling me that I'm yeah. a horrible, awful sinner and that I'm going to go to hell for looking at you in that lingerie. That works, too. There you go, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, you really have it going now. Uh, <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm super easy to turn on. Flip. Yeah, yeah, you're you're easy. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, all of my ex-girlfriends and several ladies that I uh, have interacted with will tell you that. I am a slut. This is your prototypical police officer right here. No, I wouldn't say that. Well, of course you wouldn't, because you're afraid of that blue line, Matt. No, I just don't think every police, that's not what they're typically like. <laughs> How many have you dealt with? Well, a few getting pulled over and shit. <laughs> no, you haven't dealt with them then. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. Um, <laughs> God damn it. I love how my righteous cop hatred fucked you up so bad you lost your place in your notes. I did. I did. <laughs> totally fucked um, you up there. So the cop upstairs turned out to be like some kind of like pervert who's into underage prostitutes. Pretty much. So we're all back again to you should hate all cops. Not all of them, but that one, yeah. I would say 95% of them. I would probably say the number's more like 45% of them. <laughs> wow, you really like to lowball them. Jesus Christ, man. You like to highball them. I would never give a cop a highball. <laughs> Get right in, right into the window. I got a girl, she just gotta know. Her Stormy coming to the stage. She's about to kick the fuck out of this week and make it her bitch. <laughs> okay, that's it. Well done. <laughs> Just the right level of dumb, right? <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, right. And ending the recording now.